Welcome to the Between the Lane Lines podcast, sponsored by the National Interscholastic Swim Coaches Association. Here are your hosts, Jason Polano, Kyle Betelov, and Kevin Pierce. Welcome to another episode of Between the Lane Lines. I'm your host, Kyle Betelov, and today I'm going to read his bio first and then introduce him. He's completed his 39th year of coaching at Brookfield East at the last all 39 at Brookfield East for the girls season and has done 15 seasons with the boys. Additionally, he's coached 22 years with Elmbrook Swim Club. He's coached 60 All-Americans in 60 events, 45 high school state champions. That number is very impressive. I didn't realize it was that many. I, he's coached four state championships, one in for the boys and three straight for Division I girls swimming. He was the 2019 NFHS High School Coach of the Year. He's been a three-time WISCA Coach of the Year, one for boys and two for girls. And in 2020, his team was ranked third nationally by Swimming World Magazine. I'm welcoming Mr. Mike Rose to the big show. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing? Great. I should have put in the bio that we've been longtime rivals and and good friends and that you've been a mentor, um, but I didn't want to make you have your face turn red right oh, from yeah. the beginning. Um, well, I appreciate our, that. Our first meet was back against you was probably back in uh, probably 1991, 92, probably yeah. in, the, in the old greater Metro conference, right? Back when, when you were at DS or from yep, divine savior. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Mike, what brings you, well, how'd you get involved in swimming? Um, well, I, you know, I actually had kind of an uneventful swimming career. Um, I was 12 and I was kind of uh, getting in trouble as a kid. And my parents told me I had to get involved in something. So I had some friends that were in the Waukesha Swim Club. So I joined that and um, I swam there and then swam through high school at Brookfield Central, um, where I was kind of a okay swimmer on a really good team. Yeah. And uh Went on to UW-Eau Claire, where I just managed at the uh, managed and ran the meets. Um, but then uh, I got into coaching. Um, I don't know if you remember. I don't. People wouldn't necessarily know Jim Murner, who was the coach at UW Green Bay, was yes. the Elmbrook Swim Club coach. Um, and I met him one night after a high school meet, and uh, they needed an eight and under coach, so I started coaching eight and unders with Elmbrook. Um, and at the time I was working as a systems analyst, didn't really like working in business. So I decided to go back to school and get certified to teach. And because really, I really wanted to coach. And, uh, so I kind of worked my way back through school coaching with Elmbrook and at East and then, um, just stayed, <laughs> just stayed. So, <laughs> you know, so it was, uh, all the girl seasons were at Brookfield East, right? Um, 
Yeah, my first two actually were JV coach at Brookfield Central with uh, Bob Dixon. Yes. And then, um, uh, and then I switched. I took over for Mike Takarian at East. Okay. After each each of my um, when I got into coaching at East, it was after East had a really good team, and then they got to the last year of really good team, and the coach left, and so then I got it. It wasn't quite as good a team. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Same thing so, happened with the boys. <laughs> Right. Uh, and all the years at, at Brookfield East for boys, or did you tell me you were out in Waukesha for a while? Uh, I taught in Waukesha. Taught in Waukesha. Um, and so, I, yeah, I taught my first eight years in Waukesha School District. I was at North and then South. Um, and then I got a job. I'd been coaching in Brookfield for 10 years and I got a job at East um, teaching math. Sure. And so I, you know, I taught math at East for 25 years. Sure. Well, I guess I'm still technically teaching math at East, but <laughs> you know. So when I when I was talking to my other two co-hosts, I said, "Well, we want to talk to a guy who had won three straight championships and set five state records to win a really close meet." And they both said, "Sure." And I thought, <laughs> "Well, we've we've talked uh, on the local podcast uh, a couple times after you won state yeah. meets, so now you've won three in a row." It puts you in, at least in Wisconsin, puts you in a different category. There's not that many teams or coaches that have won three in a row. What, what are you doing at your program? Cause I'm just going to call it the secret sauce, right? What are you doing <laughs> at your program? Because the other coaches we've talked to have shared a lot of information and, and positive things. So what's the secret sauce that keeps your team at this higher level? Um. <laughs> I have been incredibly privileged and fortunate to be able to work with some incredibly talented kids. Um, I think um, one of the great things for me in coaching this group is that because I'm also the age group coach for Elmbrook is that I've had most of these kids since they were little, you know, eight years old. Sure. Um, on through 12 and then again in high school. Um, we at Elmbrook has done a really good job of developing kids and, um, I think has really kind of come along as a, as a club on a state and a national level, you know, in this last probably 10 year stretch of time period. Um, and I think we're, you know, we all work very closely together. I, I know that there's, there's some high school coaches and and club coaches in their area that don't don't get along, but as part of the club team and and you know having coached all these kids and then sending them on to senior coaches, I think they I think they've benefited from uh, you know kind of a consistent philosophy and and uh, um, you know a real supportive program where Elmbrook supports what we do and we support what Elmbrook does and and so I think that combination of things has really helped. I, you can't, you can't get over having a, having just a bunch of talented kids all at the same time. And I think what's sort of interesting with it is that um, a few of them come out of families that, uh, you know, where I coached like their parents or, right. and uh, you know, so it's, um, or coached with, coached, coached their parents, coached with their parents, coached, um, <laughs> against yes 
kids that were, you know, that eventually became parents of right. swimmers that we have. And so it's, you know, we had a, we had a pool of talent back in the nineties and, and that, you know, they moved back into the area and we have their kids and they're very talented also. So, so that, I mean, that lead, there's two parts to that, right? One is, um, long-time coaching at both the club level and the high school level has led to a, a similar philosophy. And Correct. Um, I think your club head coach is still Brent Bach, right? Yeah. Another, another product of yours, right? He swam yep. for you. And so he, now he's the he coached with me. He coached. swam for Whitefish Bay, but, uh, he, but yeah. right. But now he's coached with you for a long period of time, 30 years. Yeah. And so the one pieces of the secret sauce is the continuity of a program using uh, consistent terms, consistent, maybe formats for practices. Maybe um, you're doing the technique work when they're the younger kids, you hand them off to the senior group where they may be doing more yardage, more, um, more strength and conditioning, and then you get them back in the end. So that's gotta be a key piece to it. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's our programs are separate in that we don't, <clears throat> they, um, I don't know, I, I know in listening to some of the other stuff that you've talked to where kids work, um, you know, with their club and with their high school, um, they are, you know, with me during the high school season and with Brent during the club season. Um, but the, uh, we do follow kind of this, a similar training, at least in terms of the cycle that we follow right weekly training and things um you know we have our own strength and conditioning option that you know they have one for elmbrook and we have one for the high school team um but again i, th I think that's i think um kind of it's like diversifying your assets you know it's it you get you get a little different coaching you get a little different program um i think high school really complements club very well because the kids in high school get that opportunity to be part of a team and part of a social group um that takes them beyond what they get with club right and um it kind of it's sort of a nice time for them to rejuvenate and develop kind of a love for the sport that you know i i it's you know, swimming is kind of a drag at times yes and uh and so i think when they get that when they get that more team focused, fun side, um, it kind of complements um, their entire development. Right, right. It, it, uh, we just had a meet yesterday where the club team got in after the meet was over and you could see that there's, what, there's, there's eight or 10 lanes and there's 85 kids in the water. And I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know how you keep at the high school level, we got maybe 18 to 25, maybe 30. Yeah. And you become really this close knit family. Not that the club team can't be that way. It's just that the meets are different and the structure is different and the practice schedules are different that the high school team lends you to be a family unit together. And sometimes the family is hurting and sometimes the family is doing well. I mean, that emulates, I mean, that emulates real life. And so right. you, you become really close. And I always call it my second family, right? Because I care about every single one of those kids. I want to know how they're doing in school. I want to know um, 
what they're doing in their social lives. I want to make sure that they're being taken care of in other aspects just besides swimming. And that's kind of what you described with a, a rejuvenation and a love for the sport because the kids that you're talking about on your program that you've won three straight championships with, do they take one week off the whole year? Do they take four days off the whole year? Right. I mean, yeah, they took, they took a couple days after, um, well, the girls won the junior national, uh, championship in Irvine, um, the weekend before we started high school girls. And then, you know, they came in for the first day and then took the rest of that week off and then came back. Right. And now, you know, they just kind of roll right from high school back into uh, into club season because they, I think they have another junior meet coming up here pretty quick. Um, well, the U.S. Open is this week. Yeah, they're not, yeah, they're not swimming at the U.S. Open, but okay. they're, I think they're swimming next week someplace. I'm not, it's been so, kind of a whirlwind. <laughs> and, and, and because Christmas is on a Saturday this year, they probably would get like four. So you're telling me they took off four days the whole year then basically. Right. It's yeah. <laughs> hasn't been a lot. Right. And COVID stretched that out even more. Right. Because it was like, once we got back in the water, we just never took off. They, it just, you know, we went from the very end of May pretty much straight through <laughs> right back into the high school sure. season this year. Sure. So, so let's, Let's uh, let's talk about this year's state meet because I don't not, I don't know who you've talked to about it, but it had to be pretty darn exciting. I I don't oh, yeah. I, I don't remember I don't remember a meet where a team, much less any multiple teams, set four state records in four straight events to finish off the meet. Um, do you want to? How about you? Just yeah. let me know what what were your thoughts going into that? What uh, how'd you set up your relays? Um, and wh what did you think was going to happen for the meet? Well, yeah, we knew the meet was going to be really close. Um, you know, we've had this ongoing rivalry with, with Arrowhead and, um, they, um, they're deeper than us, you know, further back. And, and, you know, I mean, honestly, what they had, they had those, you know, four divers that scored in the top 10 or top eight. You know, I mean, we're 51 points behind going into the, into the medley relay. So um, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of liberating. So we talked in our, in our team meeting, you know, we were expecting 40 points. Um, so we talked in our team meeting that we were, we were behind about as far as we could possibly make up. And, you know, what, a, what the whole philosophy was just go for it. We got nothing to lose. Just get out and go. Um, you know, we have, obviously we're, you know, we're very top end um, speed wise. So, um, you know, one of the keys was, was winning the medley relay. We, we, we knew we had the two free relays um, that they were pretty solid relays. Um, Arrowhead did beat us at sectionals in the 200 and the 400 free relay. So we knew that one was going to be a good race, but um, I, I was pretty confident in those two free relays. Um, the medley relay, we couldn't load because it, we just didn't have enough people. And so it was a matter of getting out and hanging on. Sure. Um, but if, but we knew that to win the meet, we had to win all three relays. Um, the fact that Arrowhead disqualified their medley relay 
you know, I feel really bad about because you, you hate to win a meet that way. And fortunately, we we didn't. We would have been right. seven and a half points up if if they hadn't have done that. But um, it did it did take a little of the pressure off. I think it's just we've always been a second half team, you know, and those we got a lot of stroke swimmers. So, yep. you know, with backstroke and breaststroke and uh, those two free relays. Um, you know, we won the last five events, I think, in a row because we mm-hmm. won the yeah the five hundred and then the yep. the two free relays and back and breast. Um, they were very fast. I mean, we we're hoping for state records in those, but um, you know, there's you don't expect that. I've I've looked back. I don't. I've never. I haven't seen any other teams that have done five <laughs> records in a in a state meet. So it was it was fun. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Kids really stepped up. Um, and they swam great. And, uh, um, but you know, the thing was that Arrowhead, I mean, it would have been, it would have come right down to it. And, uh, Arrowhead had a great meet. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, you gotta really credit them simply because they didn't, you know, they didn't fold after that medley relay DQ. It was like, they just kept coming and, right. uh, you know, and I think we have such a good rivalry. I think they pushed each other and, and, uh, you know, there's some really top-notch swims. So are you a guy that memorizes times and stuff? I mean, could you uh, tell me, can you tell me the medley, can you tell me the 200 free relay time right off the top of your uh, head? 131.13. Yeah. And what was the, what was, uh, I could, what was the, uh, uh backstroke? 51.59. <laughs> and breaststroke is easy to remember. Yeah. That was One, just like. one zero 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 zero. And then what was the 400 free? Uh, three nineteen thirty-two. Cause I watched that three nineteen, and I said, "Huh, we're gonna start boys in a week." I'm pretty <laughs> sure that there's gonna be a lot of boys teams that aren't gonna go three nineteen in the first meet of the year. And sure enough, no one went three nineteen yeah. last night. <laughs> the um, well, it was you know, it like I said, it's a it's a great talented group of kids. They they swam really well. I mean, it's it's um. Uh, you know, we had Maggie Wanasek on the anchor on that one who split a 48-9. Um, she'd never been under 50. Sure. Uh, so, it, you know, that was, a, that was a great swim. And she'd actually been beaten by uh, – she, she felt bad the week before because Campbell just – Campbell stole. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so it was like she wasn't excited about anchor in the relay, but I think she felt – feels pretty good about it now, but – so the the fun fact and I did and I did know this before you sent it to me. So you coached Abby to the fifteen hundred champ in two thousand twenty and twenty twenty one, and she's a state record holder in the fifty. And you coached her dad Tom to state championship in the fifteen hundred free in nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety four, and nineteen ninety five. And Tom still holds the division two record in the hundred freestyle. That. I mean, that's a span of what? That's going to be a span of a couple of years there between the two of them, right? So we're talking yeah. uh, 27 years between coaching two people from the same family in a freestyle event. That, to me, that says a lot about you as a person and the program that you've led. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're a great family. Um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, Tom was a blast to coach when he was in high school. Um, you know, he obviously was, when he started, he was, uh, 
you know, five foot, hundred pound, you know, 47 second, hundred freestyler, but, um, you know, which actually, if you, you know, the, the girls are, you know, they're not giants. Right. Um, but holy cow, the feel for the water and, um, you know, work ethic and, uh, just the straight out talent is, you know, amazing. My, my dad was a teacher. Uh, well, my dad was a finished as an assistant superintendent, but he, he told me that I would know that I was old when I had, uh, when I started teaching kids of students that I had taught <laughs> yeah. and, uh, which never happened in teaching, but it did, you know, I've had, I've had several with swimming. Um, yeah. When we, one uh, of the cool things is that they move back to the area. Sure. You know, we, we interviewed, uh, for the local podcast, we interviewed Abby at the beginning of the high school season. And she pretty much said that she was going to swim the 1500 and she knew that right away from the beginning. But we, we talked to her about if you guys ever talk about setting records or if you keep that in the back of your mind, or is it something that just the, just you talk amongst it amongst your team, but don't let everybody else know that you're talking about it. And we had talked about if, if they thought they had a chance at a national record for any of those relays, knowing that the groups that they had. And she said, we, we talk about it a little, but we don't really, we don't let it outside of our circle because we don't want people to think that that's all we're really striving for. Right. Did you guys, did you guys talk about setting national records? Cause the year before you were really close in the medley relay. Yeah. And, and we had a shot at that 200 free relay this year too. Um, we were four tenths off that. Um, the, you know, the decision there was, um, well, the 200 medley, you know, when we, we literally went from a, a 141.5 that we qualified with to a, you know, 138.3. Um, when they, when one of them had said something about going to 138 and I was like, you know, there's, there's only been two teams in ever in the country that have gone under 139 um, and whatever that 138, 13, that fossil Ridge record, that's like really <laughs> fast. I mean, you know, we had the right combination of people to do it. Um, but there was, it was like, maybe, you know, in the back of, in the back of your mind, but still 138.3 was, you know, fantastic. Um, we talked about the 200 free relay, but um, given Maggie's position coming in in the 100 back, um, she, we, we tried doing the, doing the 200 free relay 100 back. And um, it's, she just, it's not the best thing for her. Um, and, you know, I, I think, if she'd swum that 200 free relay, obviously she went a 22.6 flat start in the 50. Right. Um, you know, that would have been substantially faster, but um, it was, uh, uh, you know, we had to kind of balance out the, the people that we had. Because actually too, if we would have put her on that 200 free relay, we wouldn't have had her on the 400 free relay. And then right. that one would have lost probably because I don't think we would have had somebody else that could back up at that speed, you sure. know, anywhere near that. Um, so strategically it was, you know, we set them up the way we were and we knew, we knew we had kind of an outside shot at the 130.7, but, um, you know, that wasn't at that point in time, it wasn't a priority. If it would have happened, sure. it would have been really cool, but it was, um, we did, we did want the state record. That was definitely, sure. you know, part of the, part of the thought process. 
Um, and we weren't really expecting to get the, to break the 400 free relay state record. That just, I think they were just really excited after the rest of the meet. So, <laughs> you know, so we, we, for it. we covered um, the, the, what makes up your core of a great program and a, a successful program is continuity and longevity at some level, right? Yeah. Um, coordination with a club program, um, being, I'll, I'll, I'll use the word blessed instead of lucky, being blessed to have athletes in your, in your school district to stay within your school district and swim for the school right. that they live for. What other pieces, what other pieces make up the core of who, what your program does? Um, I think, you know, for me, from a coaching standpoint, um, you know, I'm one of those people that's, I just some. I think really positive with them. There's never, um, it's, I don't have to get on them to work hard or do anything. And, um, so it's a lot of, I literally will thank them after a really good practice. <laughs> right. You know, it's just like, um, I, I think there's a lot of just letting them be themselves. Um, the, uh, I don't know beyond that. It's, it's just, um, they're really, they're a great group of kids that work super hard um, and do things in practice that I just kind of scratch my head about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's uh, um, you know, you watch people doing underwater kicks at 12 seconds at 25 with no flippers. And it's like, how do you do that? Right. I can't, I can't put on my fins and swim as fast as I can, you know, and, do a 12 second 25 right right you know it's like uh, you know you just kind of let them go <laughs> and so appreciate you, what they do would you consider yourself a more of a technical coach more of a these are going to be challenging sets and challenging them that way or a little combination of both or a, a you rah rah coach during during the practice sessions are you are you making a lot of technique changes at the high school level or are you just um, just tweaks here and there. Yeah, I would say just, just tweaks. Um, again, they're really, um, they're, they're really one well-coached kids all the way through. And they, um, you know, we spend a lot of time when they're younger on technique uh, and that seems to carry through. Um, what I really have with that, with that group is, you know, they're kids that um, really developed like the underwater dolphin kicks, um, kind of, you know, it's a focus of what we do, but, um, you know, it kind of came from them. They were, they were doing it. You look at, you know, Maggie Wanisek or Abby that, um, you know, we're doing those underwaters at 10 or 12, you know, that really had developed that skill. And that's, it's a hard thing to teach a little kid. Right. Um, so it, it's something that kind of has to come from, from them. So they don't really require a lot of uh, technique focus. Um, you know, I try to challenge them in workouts, but I'm not really a, uh, you know, I, I don't give them a lot of really short rest stuff or, you know, a ton of yardage or anything. Um, we do a lot of descending stuff um, where it's like, you know, kind of moderate, you know, moderately hard and then very hard. And 
you know, when they're going hard, they're as a group, they just go, you know, really hard when we're, you know, you do a descending set of two hundreds and, you know, the third one is 155, you know, for a girls sure. team, it's, sure. it's like, they just, they just really challenge themselves. Um, and so I don't know if I'd be a you rah rah type, but I'm always very happy when I see them go well. <laughs> you know? So but I try much, to convey that. So how much, how much are you doing in typical practice in the bulk part of the season? And like, what are you doing? 5,000, 6,000? Are you yeah, doing we, mornings and afternoons? We do. Um, well, we, the only day we do a little double on Mondays cause we, we get a kicking in in the morning. And then uh, we also do some morning dry land, dry land on Monday and, and Friday uh, and Saturday. Um, but like our Monday and Thursday days are longer, more aerobic days. Um, but in any given practice, that might be 5,500 or 6,000 yards. Okay. Um, it would be rare that we would do more than that. Like Mondays, they end up doing more simply because we have a, a little bit of a kick set in the morning. Um, but, uh, we do... Uh, we do a lot of like broken sprints too, like Tuesday and Friday. We do, um, you know, just a lot of race pace, kind of get off the blocks and go. Sure. Um, so those are actually really short workouts, but pretty intense. Um, and, uh, but boy, it's, you know, getting them, getting them up and racing is, is that's kind of what it's all about in high school. Cause it's, you know, it's a lot of sprinting. Yep. Um, and, uh, so that's that's kind of the stuff we do. Again, I don't I don't really have to try to encourage them to go faster. They just kind of get up and do it. Sure, sure. Um, and then the other piece, obviously, is your wife Carol is the diving coach. Um, she still has, uh, I think, she has the pool record at Waukesha North still <laughs> in her maiden name. So every time I I glance at it, I'm like, oh hey, that's Mike's wife. Yes. <laughs> So how long has she been coaching and what, how's that, how's that relationship? I mean, she's always very excited when she gets to the pool after diving. So um, what's that relationship like? Um, well, that was actually how we met was coaching together at East. Um, so she, she's actually one year longer than I am. She started coaching when she was in college. Um, so although she had a couple of years off there where, um, when she first started working and then um, I think she took off when we had one of, one of our kids, you know, along the way, but um, it's really cool coaching with her. I mean, and it's, it's been fun. Um, you know, obviously we've, you know, 39 years that we've actually been coaching physically together on the same pool deck. Um, and uh, it's, I am one of those swimming coaches that really appreciates diving um because you, you know not to? yeah not even because i have to but <laughs> but um you know I've, I've always actually really loved diving i think diving is such a cool sport um you know sometimes it, you get a little carried away when you have 15 divers at a dual meet and you know it's going to take an hour <laughs> yeah um but it's you know i've just always really enjoyed it and it's it's kind of a nice it was a nice way to, for us to, to meet. And, and, uh, you know, we've been a very aquatic family cause all four of our kids swim and, right. And, uh, no divers though. They, uh, 
we had a couple start, but you know, they'd like whack the board or do something and, <laughs> and just didn't continue. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it's been great coaching with her. And uh, you know, I think we did that. Uh, we had the one year where we were both uh, Wisco coaches of the year, which I think has probably never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's fun. And it's, it's, it's fun to get to know the divers. It's difficult in a six lane pool with, uh, you know, where two of those lanes end up, you know, being used for diving because she coaches both central and east. Um, you know, we have kind of a split system. So she moves back and forth, you know, between those. Um, so it's, it's a little bit harder on the kids because they don't get to know each other very well. Right. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we do like our divers. So, then the wrap up, like what, what's the future plan? Like how many more years are you going to keep going? I mean, have you, have you promised any families that you're going to stick around for like, cause I have a couple of families that want me to stick around cause their kids coming in as a freshman next year. And so are yeah, you, I get, yeah, I get some of that. Um, the, uh, I, I figure I'll do it until I, until I feel like I can't do it as well, or, you know, I'm not in good health or something like that. Um, I have, uh, you know, I have one more Wanazek coming in um, as a freshman next year. Oh, that's great um, for us, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, but I do as, as the age group coach, you know, I have all these kids that are, you know, it's, it's like every year there's somebody new and it's like, oh man, I'd like to see them through. And it's like, well, I'm going to be 85 years old before. <laughs> get out so, the pool deck but what, what would you then this is a great follow-up then what what in your 39 years of coaching what do you besides the strokes have changed a little bit but not that much what would you say is the biggest change in during even the last 10 years is it is it really just underwaters well underwaters for sure um coaching girls speed just just the pure raw speed um you know, I look back at, uh, I look back at even when I started coaching, you know, if I had one guy that could go 51 and the hundred free, I would be like thrilled. Right. Um, you know, and to have, you know, five girls that, <laughs> that, that could go what 51 and the hundred free or faster is like, wow. Um, but even you look back at the, you look just back at the, the development of times throughout girls swimming, especially, you know, how much they've dropped, um, you know, and some of it is technique. I'm sure that some of it is training. Some of it is just, you know, moving forward from the people that, you know, came before you. Um, underwater's for sure. We spent a lot of time working underwater stuff. Um, and that was, you know, the kids that are really good at it obviously stand out um so i mean i think i think from uh you know all the way through swimming from a you know competitive standpoint that's that's really been the biggest development obviously some stroke changes um you know all the different things that breaststroke happened to breaststroke yeah. in the times time that we've been coaching yeah um you know back when i first started you couldn't put your head underwater it was yes. like <laughs> you had to have the the wake that went over the top of your yeah, head yeah you know, no dolphin kick, no, yeah. um, you know, and, and so those changes have brought around some, you know, some big things. Um, 
backstroke turns and stuff, but I'm old enough so that I go back to when you still had to touch the wall. Yes. Yes. You know, what, uh, speaking of underwaters then what is one of your go-to sets for, uh, practicing underwaters like are you are you doing 25s the whole time are you doing uh, side to sides because i know you have a six lane pool yeah we we do a combination of things like like we might build in a set where um you know the the last thing that they do within um around might be we do like um eight 25s where you do uh three underwater fast kick and then one easy three underwater fast kick one easy um we do usually once a week, we would do uh, two sets of uh, 16 widths um, underwater. Okay. And we do one set with fins and then one set without. Um, and, and what, they would, what kind uh, of inter- what kind of interval on? Because we they call just, them- they go in the so they split into two groups. And like when the last person of one of the groups hits the wall, then they the then other they go. group goes. OK, so it's. It more or less on wits in a six lane pool it's it's <clears throat> 10 or 15 seconds it's yeah you know um the um the thing that i can't believe in in watching them and this is just one of those things with kids being in really good shape is they literally can do 32 underwater wits and carry on a conversation while they're doing it <laughs> so you know in the time that they stop and you know, talk and then go and the talk and go and talk. And it's like, I do two underwater wits and I can barely get out of the pool. <laughs> but so, yeah, there, but anyway, we do, we do spend a lot of time underwater and most of them, <clears throat> even when we're doing the high quality, the race pace stuff and, and things, they do those underwaters all the time. Sure. Um, sure. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, like an Abby, Abby Wanasek is she's going 15 meters virtually every single length we swim. Sure. Okay. Well, we usually wrap this up with, with my favorite questions at the end of every one of these. And you've done it once. So I'm going to ask you to do it again. Okay. Uh, your favorite pool? Uh, IUPUI. Nice. Uh, your favorite event? High school event? Well, f- well, when I was swimming, it would be the 100 fly. Okay. I mean, that was, I was a flyer. I, I would say now um, I love relays. Um, you know, it's, we put a big priority on relays and I just, I just love relays. There's something, there's something about winning the medley relay to start off, even if it's a dual meet, it kind of reminds me of like, if you, if the other team defers in football and wants the ball in the second half, and you get the ball first and you run the opening kickoff for a touchdown. It just, def- <laughs> it just deflates the other team. If you can, yeah. if you can do something with that medley relay, that it's just something, there's something about that. Gives you a good start. Yeah. Uh, favorite race that you've ever watched in person. Um, coaching or. Uh... Uh, it could be, could be not coaching. So if like, if you went to Olympic trials or you went to the Olympics or something like the, that, um... big tens. Well, I would say that the best race I ever watched was um, Mary T. Maher at Schrader in the 200 fly in 1981. And you were there? Yeah, I was there. Yep. Uh, Chad Knutson and I were, <laughs> were there. Uh, 
uh, Chad was taking care of lane lines, but um, the um, yeah, she went a she went what a two oh five nine stood for 20, 25 years. Oh, yeah, a world, easily world yeah. record. Yeah, um, without goggles, without a tech suit. Yep, <laughs> you know, no underwaters um, really. Yeah, nope. It was uh, that was a pretty amazing swim. Um, I, you know, for coaching standpoint, I would say the my favorite one is that medley relay from last year. Sure. Um, just because that was just amazing. Uh, the toughest high school event. Uh, two hundred IM. I think, um, you know, you'd probably get some argument with the 200 free, but um, I think, you know, 200 IM just because you change up strokes, you, you kind of preserve some energy, but it just lets you push that much harder. Right. Uh, your coaching mentor. Oh, um, I've coached with a lot of great people. Um, and I guess I try to steal stuff from everybody. Honestly, I would say that the most I've learned about coaching, I've gotten from some of the swimmers that I've coached. Um, one of the things I really try to do is to ask them, you know, tell me something that you think you need. Um, you know, give me an idea for an ideal set, that kind of stuff. Um, and I've had kids that were really articulate, really understood what they needed and and you know i've been able to kind of bring that into uh into what we've done so i i would say that the best mentors i've had are swimmers that i've coached sure sure uh now this doesn't have to be wisconsin only specific but one thing that you would change about high school swimming <laughs> well i've listened to your other podcasts so uh <laughs> if without listening to your other podcasts i would have said um, you know, qualifying times, prelim final meet, right. um, you know, um, that, you know, I, I don't, I love high school swimming. Um, I, you know, it would be kind of nice to have a bigger selection of events, but I would say Wisconsin specifically, I would love to see, um, I would love to see, uh, uh, arrangement more like championship meets in other states and at the NCAA level and things like that. I think, you know, I, the time final meet is really exciting, um, but it's not really the way championship swimming works. Right. What about a uh, hundred IM? Um, hundred IM would be fun. I don't know that I see it at a championship level. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where you'd, where you'd put it. So then what event would you add? Um, well, I'd like to see a 400 IM. Um, the um, 200 stroke 200s. Um, you know, we got to, it's, I, all of that would lengthen the meet and make it more like a club meet, which wouldn't be really something that I would want to go for. Right. Um, but I think just sometimes it's, you know, you do get kids that come in that are club swimmers that are, that don't get to swim the events that they're best at, right. um, you know, just because there is no 400 IM or something like that. Right. Um, so it, it'd be nice to be able to display some, some other things, but I would still stick with the uh, prelim final qualifying sure. times. Need. <laughs> um, your 
go-to catchphrase while you're on deck? Don't breathe out the walls. <laughs> well, we just had a long conversation about that today yeah. at practice. Um, <laughs> um, your one swimming person, living or dead, that you would like to meet? Uh, Johnny Weissmeller. Nice. Who was just how somebody like that that long ago could be that fast while swimming with their head out of the water in a full body suit and, uh, you know, in a lake with lane lines. (laughs) Right. Right. I think he won a 48 second hundred free in like 1925 or something, but just such an interesting, interesting life. And I love going back and seeing old um, videos from, you know, the Olympics in like the 1930s and stuff where it's, right. you know, just crazy to watch. Uh, and then the, the last one I added was what's, uh, what's your favorite set? Say uh, your just your favorite practice set. Something that you um, go to a lot. Well, like I said, we do we do a lot of descending stuff and a lot of mixed stuff. So, um, you know, we would do something like uh, three rounds of uh, three two hundreds on like two thirty, six one hundreds. Um, you know, maybe varying intervals depending on, you know, like six of them freestyle, six of them I am, um, six of them stroke. Um, and then throw in um, like the 825s with uh, fins, you know, with the underwaters and um, in the same set and just do that like three times. Um, I like to put a lot of variety and um, stuff that where we don't repeat a lot of the same thing over and over again. Like, um, you know, I, I hate the idea of giving somebody 3100s, but you know, I don't mind the idea of doing, you know, we're going to go, you know, four rounds where you do six in each round mixed with other stuff. Right. So right. those kind of things. Um, this year we did a lot of, we did a lot of stuff where it was, you know, you do uh, a little, a chunk of it swimming and then we'd throw on some flippers and do some kicking and, um, you know, just to kind of break things up a little bit. Um, so anything like that. We also do a lot, like I said, a lot of broken um, hundred sprints um, from the blocks, you know, like six, 100s on five minutes and sure. Just get out and go. Sure. Well, Mike, I appreciate you taking the time out uh, to be with me today. Um, as always, it's super fun to see you on deck. I, I would like to make sure that I see you the next five, 10 years as I keep on my journey as a as a young coach right because you're still a young guy so we we want to keep you we want to keep you on the pool deck and uh, i plan to be around a while okay well thanks again mike have a good night all right you too kyle thanks this has been the niska between the lane lines podcast thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform